It's the Real Roots Radio podcast, on-demand content highlighting the best information and entertainment from the Real Roots Radio team. Here's Daniel Mullen sitting down with one of today's top music makers on Real Roots Radio. Charlie Pride, a country music hall of famer and a legend in every sense of the word, passed away at the age of 86 over the weekend. I've got uh, a Nashville gentleman by the name of Sean Camp on the air, an award-winning vocalist and songwriter, and uh, glad to have you joining us on Real Roots Radio today, Mr. Sean Camp. Well, thank you, Mr. Daniel Mullins. It's great to be here, man. Thanks for giving me a giving me a call. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, Sean, uh, you have uh, pointed to Charlie Pride as one of your biggest influences. What made Mr. Pride's voice so special in country music history? Well, I just think his, he, he was just a, had an incredible tone, and uh, you know, he had he had the heart uh, of a of a country of a country boy, you know, and uh, uh, more so than a lot of of uh, of people that you would, you know, you would look at and think, well, that, there's a, there's a white guy singing country music. And he, you know, I mean, but Charlie had brought a lot of soul and, and real, uh, true roots to, uh, to country, country music. And, and to me sounded, uh, almost a lot like Hank Williams, really his tone, you know, uh, uh, that's about as country as you get, you know? He had that edge to his voice like Hank did. Absolutely, yeah. You mentioned uh, I just. Oh, sorry, go right go ahead, ahead, sir. I'm sorry. No, I was just, I, I'm just agreeing with you. Carry on. <laughs> you mentioned how Charlie Pride was unashamedly a, a country boy. And authenticity is a large word that gets thrown around a lot in country music, always has and probably always will. And uh, that's one thing that's interesting is due to the color of his skin, sometimes the authenticity authenticity question would come up, but it was actually no question. He was an unashamed country boy and proud of it, uh, whereas there's some other folks that you would think just by their appearance, oh, well, surely they've come from the farm, but uh, they right. hadn't. You know, maybe they came from a, a different type of background and really shows that that authenticity question uh, is uh, is different for everybody. Everybody has a different story, uh, but everybody can be country. That's right. You know, I I, I don't know. I, I just always loved his, his records, and and uh, uh, you know, I remember as a kid uh, hearing him on the radio, and just uh, I mean, at, at, in the in the late '60s and early '70s, the music was me so much better back then you know and uh every, but but he stood out uh you know uh among the rest of them in my mind as being a uh, really great always always great country records and, and the, the music was just just perfect you know and i didn't have any idea at that point when i was a kid listening to those records that jack clement was producing all those things with him and and jack me uh, he, he turned out to be a, a good friend and, and mentor of mine for sure when i moved to nashville uh when i was 20 years old i met him a couple of years later and uh he uh took me under his wing and i kind of just uh was his sidekick for 20 years or more uh, you know until he died and uh, played a recorded records together and played a lot of shows together 
but Cowboy was just a magical guy, and uh, uh, you know he's been called the Pied Piper of Nashville. You know, back in the '60s, he was called that, and he just uh, he just brought a lot to the table. And I think the you know the uh, the partnership between him and Charlie Pride uh, was just a match made in heaven. You know? Yeah, I've I've heard you mention it, and we chatted a little bit yesterday about how you think that Cowboy Jack pulled off one of the greatest magic tricks of all time when it came to Charlie <laughs> yeah. Pride. And, and why do you think that is, and how do you think he was able to pull it off? Well, you know, at the time it was the middle of the civil rights movement, and uh, there there was there were no black guys singing. Yo. Uh, it appeared to be uh, that they were all white people, you know, and uh, so uh, I think he kind of uh, he fooled them by not letting them know that they were listening to uh, a black guy singing country music. They 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 got all the the promo records out to the radio stations without without a picture and and from RCA, you know. I mean they. Uh, they started playing him, and he was a hit before they realized, uh, hey, he's not a white guy, you know. And so uh, I, I just think it just changed a lot, changed a lot of stuff. How do you think uh, Cowboy Jack was able to make Charlie Pride a, a star and able to establish a, a foundation that would create a longevity in a career for Charlie Pride without making him kind of kind of a novelty that, oh, here's a black guy that's singing – you know, country music. Well, he couldn't have done that if uh, Charlie hadn't been an amazing yeah. uh, person and an amazing singer. And, uh, you know, Charlie carried himself. He was a true gentleman through and through, you know. And uh, anytime I ever met Charlie or saw him, uh, he was friendly and funny and telling jokes and having a good time. And he was just one of the guys every time you hung out with him. You know, and I, uh, I think he he won the hearts of, uh, you know, all all the DJs he, and whoever he, that he ever uh, ran into in his career. They just became friends with him. It's like I'm not a, I'm here talking about Charlie Pride, and I'm no I'm no special friend of Charlie Pride's. I'm just somebody that I met him uh, maybe a dozen times or more, you know. And uh, but I think everybody he met. Uh, felt like they were a friend of his, you know, because he, he just had that personality and uh, just uh, just a good soul, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And well, we need more folks like that at, in all facets of life, but especially in the music business, you know, um, where someone I, I saw Charlie Pride on stage one time, um, probably about a decade ago. Uh, Buddy and I went to the Opry. It was at the Ryman, and man, it was a heck of a night. I mean, everybody was there: Stonewall Jackson and Charlie Daniels and Marty Stewart and. Paul Schaefer yeah. made his opera debut that night, but one of the cats that really uh, just uh, took it over the top was when Charlie Pride came out. And yeah. when he sang, Is Anybody Going to San Antonio? It sounded just like the record. And what made yeah. it, what endeared the op- a packed Opry House to Charlie Pride was you could tell that he, he was the same whether a microphone was in front of his face or not. He had such a uh, yeah. a genuine personable connection with the audience uh that you know 
he might flub up his words. That was part of the charm, you know, that he, he right. talked to, he talked to the, the crowd of, you know, uh, a few hundred, just like he would if uh, he just ran into you and your wife uh, backstage, you know? Um, exactly. And I, that doesn't go unnoticed, especially when you are at that time, you know, a walking hall of famer, a walking piece of country music history to not put on airs. That's impressive. He, he, he was impressive in every way. You know, I, I, last November, I think it was, I was at the Country Music Hall of Fame, and in the, the, uh, we, we, we were honoring uh, Cowboy Jack Clement. Uh, they were putting in his uh, J200 Gibson guitar into the museum, and uh, they had a ceremony about it, about it you know, and uh, I got to sing... Uh, uh, song and, and charlie did and, and crystal gale it was a it was a great night but i got to play along with charlie and sing with him you know just between you and me and and which was a jack clements song and uh it was just one of the highlights of my life you know to get up there and play along beside him and and he was still sounding uh really almost almost exactly like the record which was 50 years before that you know so pretty amazing he, he had a great run there you mentioned cowboy jack's songwriting he wrote so many uh great early hits for charlie pride just between you and me and uh yeah what the, the easy parts over did he write that one too um I, uh, he wrote uh does my ring hurt your finger and he wrote uh uh, uh man i, I I've lost my list here in my mind, but I, there's so many. But. Spell of the Freight Train, I know, was a deep catalog one that he wrote. Oh, yeah. And uh, I know one, he wrote that one. And one that oh, I know yeah. you and I both enjoy, Let the Chips Fall. Oh, that's a perfect song. Cowboy had a way of uh, kind of, he, he helped Charlie find perfect songs for his voice. And and uh, he, Cowboy had a great ear, you know, uh, you know, and. Uh, but Charlie uh, had such a low baritone, uh, sweet low baritone, you know. So he would he would structure the arrangements so Charlie could land on those low notes and and just make the speakers resonate, you know. So uh, uh, he he knew how to they knew how to do it together, you know. I got a, a question I'm going to ask you about uh, those two Hall of Famers. The first one, do, do you think Charlie Pride was aware uh, of how groundbreaking of an artist that he was? I think he had to be. You know, he was the only one only one in existence, you know. So, I mean, uh, that did what he did. I mean, he, he, uh, he was selling more records than, than Elvis on RCA and, not only Elvis, anybody in the music business, you know, I mean, Elvis was selling a lot, but, but Charlie sold more than he did for a while there up until 75, I think it was when, yeah. uh, when it, he started falling out of the way or, you know, falling off the charts a little bit, but I don't know. They, they, they made some great music together. Uh, sure going to miss Charlie. You, uh, do you think, uh, Cowboy Jack Clement knew was aware of the history he was making when uh, when he took on Charlie Pride as a as a project. I'm sure he was. Yeah, he he, uh, he was just he was just unafraid, you know, to try 
something that nobody else was trying. He, he, mm-hmm. he didn't. It didn't enter his mind to uh, uh, hesitate in uh, giving it his all. He was uh, all about having fun, you know. And uh, yeah. that's, that's all I can tell you, really. Well, what's one of the biggest lessons you learned from your time around Cowboy Jack Clement, especially about you know taking chances in the music business? You know, just. Uh, don't be afraid to dream. That's really the uh, the key. And, and uh, uh, you know, just go with it. go with what's in you, and and let it come out. That's uh, kind of all I know. Well, we're we're glad that you learned that lesson because, man, you've uh, put out some great music, wrote some of our favorite tunes over the past uh, couple of decades and uh and we're glad to have you on real roots radio this morning mr sean camp thanks for the music and thanks for the time well thanks appreciate you man everyone has time for good music you got time to breathe you got time for music the daniel mullins midday music spectacular weekdays 10 to noon on real roots radio